Hello and welcome to Success Secret Nation to this new episode of the Success Secret Podcast with your host Hussain Talib. In this episode, I am speaking with Matt McWilliams, aka the affiliate guy. He helps online business owners and brands to leverage the power of partners to grow businesses. Matt teaches how to make money as an affiliate and how to work better with affiliates. Entrepreneurs and companies such as Michael Hyatt, Ray Edwards, Brian Tracy, Lewis House, Shutterfly and more had Matt run their affiliate launches. So if you want to find your message, build your tribe and change the world, you have got to stay tuned and listen to this episode and also check out Matt's book, Turn Your Passions into Profits. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. And it would be much appreciated if you can leave a review on iTunes so the show can reach more people. So Matt, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Hussein. Awesome to have you here. I'm actually excited for this episode because I will try to, let's say, pick your brain. I do affiliate marketing in my business, so hopefully this will also benefit me also as well. As love it. Awesome. Yeah. That's what I love about like podcasting or interviews. It's basically free consulting. So you'll, you'll get some today. <laughs> yeah, yeah the podcasting is awesome. So so yeah. first of all, Matt, I want you to tell us in general your story. How did you get into affiliate marketing in this online business world? Yeah, uh, I got into it very much by accident. Uh, I started my first business with my dad back in 2002 uh, doing golf instruction and and to put some, you know, into perspective, like what we were doing back in 2002, um, you know, we were running these golf schools. I was 22 years old. I was making, you know, a couple thousand dollars in a weekend, you know, teaching these golf schools. And I was like, well, dad, what if we actually advertise these things? And there was this website, you guys may have heard of it. It's called Google. Um, and uh, back then I could go pay 10 cents. To, you cannot do this today. 10 oh, cents to click. And people would basically either come, they, when they came to my website, they had two choices, pay us $2,000 or leave. Now today, and, and I talk a lot about this in my book, like you need to build a list. You need to own the connection. We talk about lead magnets and all those things. There was none of that back in 2002. You came to my website, you paid $2,000 or you left. Now, thankfully about one out of every 200 people paid the $2,000. So I was spending 20 bucks to acquire a $2,000 customer. You you try doing that today. It's, it's almost impossible, right? And uh, so I got started in this online marketing world and, and it was very successful. And uh, my dad, thankfully, about a year later, fired me because I was terrible at golf instruction, but I loved the marketing side. And I remember you know very vividly sitting there one day, uh, it was an ice storm. We were in an ice storm. It was in late January, 2000, uh, or late January, 2003, in the middle of an ice storm. I was sitting there watching TV all day. Now, don't judge me. I was watching an Allie McBeal marathon on FX, but sitting there watching Allie McBeal and I, I had a ding set up on my computer every time a sale was made. And most days we'd have like one ding, you know, we do these weekend golf schools. We'd have six, seven people it was still great. I mean, I was 22 years old making $6,000 in a weekend. That was pretty sweet. You know, my dad split it 50, 50, but this day ice storm, I don't leave the house. I sat there and watched TV all day. We had seven sales in a day. I made $7,000, but split fit, you know, $14,000 split 50, 50 with my dad. 
I made $7,000 sitting in my living room. Now that's like the story, right? You know, I don't tell about all the days we didn't make sales, but it still, it opened up my eyes to what was possible. Yeah, exactly. yes. You know, that was what was possible that we could do this. And so fast forward a few years later, I started a company uh, with a couple of friends of mine and I, and we were about ready to go bankrupt. We were running out of money. We could not make payroll in two weeks. We had a very small team uh, overseas and a local team as well. And we don't know how we're going to make payroll. We got $5,000 in the bank. We need to come up with about $12,000 really, really fast. And I was like, well, I've heard about these people called affiliates. And I'm like, what is that? I'm like, well, they're like people who promote you, but you don't pay them until after the sale is made and they do all the marketing. And we're like, well, that sounds like a dream scenario. Let's, what do we do? And I'm like, I don't know. Where do we find affiliates? Well, I don't know. And there was no affiliate guy back then. There was no mattmcwaves.com to just go to and get everything you needed. And so I kind of made it up as I went and fast forward about 18 months later, running, running a million dollar a month affiliate program and made a lot of mistakes along the way. But uh, that's kind of how I ended up, you know, where I am today in, in this awesome. world. And then since then, just, you know, we've, I've worked with over 300,000 entrepreneurs, helping them to grow their business, to, to do exactly what the book's all about, which is, you know, turn your passions into profits, right? Exactly. And to take this idea, this message that they have, and turn it into a profitable business. Awesome. And affiliate so, marketing is one of the ways they do that. So, so affiliate marketing, because you're apparently passionate about marketing in general, and it's all more specifically about affiliate marketing. So mm -hmm. do you think, first of all, like you mentioned what affiliate marketing is basically, but can you expand on affiliate marketing more as a definition and also as a practice? And also at the same time, can you give us, do you think affiliate marketing is the best online, uh, let's say, type of business that, newbies, for example, can get in? Yeah. Uh, to answer the, the first question, like, what is it like definition wise? Uh, very simple. You know, somebody else has a product. You promote that product and receive a percentage of the sales, you know, known as a commission, right? Now that's the most simplistic definition I can, you know, possibly offered. Uh, yeah, in the in the book, I know there, there's this image I had our graphic designer do, and it's like a bunch of Romans. Cause I talk about how like the, the concept's been around for thousands of years, you know? And if you go to ancient Rome, they were doing affiliate marketing. They just didn't have the technology. And there's this image that says, so if I promote someone else's product, I get cookies, right? And it was like something like that, you know? And the, the point being like, there's a cookie the web, website browser has a cookie that says, hey, Hussein sent this lead. If, if they buy, make sure Hussein gets some money. That's, again, from a technology standpoint, that's the simplistic view. From an overarching view, it's a way of monetizing. You know, it is a way of monetizing your content, especially when you're first starting out. You know, there, there's, this, there's this myth, uh, lie, quite frankly. It's so pervasive in the online marketing world. Hussein drives me absolutely insane, makes me sick. It says that if that monetizing a platform is a form of selling out, that if you start thinking like a business owner, you're not some benevolent content creator. It changes you from someone who's seeking to serve into some greedy, you know, money hungry mogul, right? And then that same audience, that so same people say, "Don't start immediately. Don't start monetizing on day one." Who's saying you need to build an audience and build goodwill? That that leads to burnout every time. It does not serve your audience to not monetize. So basically we're faced with two options. The option, the first option is we create a product. Usually that's a product that we don't know if anybody wants. We don't know how to market it. We don't know how to, you know, promote it at all. So we either end up being a crappy product or it just doesn't sell. The second option is we just give away free content indefinitely. 
And so we, we just become the free content blog. It becomes a hobby blog. There's nothing wrong with a hobby blog, but if you want to run a business, you have to sell stuff. And so affiliate marketing bridges the gap between having nothing to sell and selling nothing at all. It takes that kind con- like, okay, let's start promoting some things and see how they work. And we can talk more in detail about that. To answer your question, is it the best way to build a, a business? Like I'm known as the affiliate guy. My podcast is the affiliate guy. Uh, my brand is the affiliate guy. You know, that's what I've put my business on. And I don't believe that it is the best way to necessarily run a business. Um, It only makes up about 35 or 40% of our annual revenue as a company. I do believe it is the best way to start to monetize a platform. I believe it is the best way. And we can talk about the reasons why Uh, I sort of touched on there. We can talk more in depth about that if you want, but I do not believe that it should be all of your revenue years down the road. I don't personally believe, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just don't teach people to build an entire business that goes five years down the road, 10 years down the road. That's 100% on affiliate marketing. And that sounds counterintuitive because I'm the affiliate guy, but like, still, I think, no, you need diversity in in your revenue sources. Exactly. So online businesses need diversity because as a beginner, for example, if you, if you don't have, obviously people don't have anything to sell personally, their own products, they don't have it. Probably they're not. So mm-hmm. when starting with affiliate marketing, it gives you some kind of experience. It gives you the ability to know maybe the audience, what they want, this kind exactly. of things. So affiliate marketing is like a, a door that opens opportunities to more opportunities, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the, I mean, when you're starting out, you're probably a solopreneur, right? You know, you don't have a customer service team. Like if I had to do all of our customer service, we sell a lot of products now, a lot of services. If I had to do all that stuff, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would go insane. But when you're first starting out, the great thing about affiliate marketing, there's no fulfillment. There's no customer service, right? There's no hidden cost. We don't even think about like in our business, just how much we pay for stuff. Like this service and this service, this thing and this thing. And it's like, oh my gosh, that adds up. And it's 2000 3000 $4,000 a month. With affiliate marketing, there's none of that, right? There's none of the risk. But as you said, it, it teaches you to sell. It allows you to practice selling online without depending upon your own sales and you get paid to practice. You learn what works for your audience. You learn, okay, what price points do they buy at? So you promote two similar products. One of them's $200, one of them's a thousand. Well, unless five times more people buy the $200 product, as long as you can you know, make, say, half the sales at 1000 you make a lot more money selling a $1,000 product than a $200 product. Now, if it's close, you might say, well, you know what? I'd rather sell, I'd rather sell 100 $200 products than $24,000 products because I created 100 buyers. But you learn what are the price points that work, right? What are the sales strategies that work? What subject lines get open? What uh, If I go live and do this, can I sell this product live? Uh, what are the topics that work best? Like, oh, my audience, when they do the surveys, they say, write more about this topic, but then nobody buys the product about that topic. I have a friend of mine who's in the productivity niche and he's basically, he's got his, his basic categories are time management, um, tools, uh, leadership and delegation and health and fitness are the, the productivity categories in his, you know, in his world, Right. And he said, people are always saying, Matt, uh, saying to him, sorry, his name's not Matt, his name's Craig, but like, talk more about, uh, you know, health and fitness. Teach us how to how to get, you know, healthier. Because we know that if you're healthier, then you'll be more productive. We all know that intellectually. We know healthier equals more productive. But when he promoted health and fitness products, 
nobody bought. What did they buy? They bought the tools he recommended. Then when he talked about time management, they bought courses on time management. They bought courses on goal setting, but they never bought the health and fitness stuff, or at least at any level that would be profitable to him. So he learned if he's going to create products, if he's going to create services, don't create them around those topics. We learn what promo methods work. And, you know, like I said, what emails are getting open. The other thing is it trains your audience to buy. Because when you're first starting out, you don't have products of your own. You don't even know what they would buy. So we just give away content for a year. We've now trained our audience. Like step eight in, in my book, Turn Your Passions Into Profits, it's all about conditioning your audience. And one of the things I talk about is if you've conditioned your audience to just expect free content, That's your fault. You're the one that conditioned them. If they get upset when you finally sell, when you offer something a year down the road, it's your fault that they're upset because you've trained them. But if you train them early on to expect there to be some periodic offers, then you're going, you've conditioned them the right way. And then lastly, it serves your audience. You're saying like the the example I I, I give in the book is, is a concept we call the affiliate donut. So you've got this donut, right? And that whole, that's your core offers. These are the one, two, maybe three, usually one or two things that you are the best in the world at. For me, it is affiliate marketing and starting an affiliate and starting and growing an affiliate program, basically running an affiliate program. Outside of those, I I might be an expert. I might be able to help you, but I'm not going to create a product. I'm not going to create a course. I'm not going to create a tool or software around anything else outside of those two things. So if you want to learn how to do product launches, I recommend Jeff Walker. You want to learn how to set up a membership, I recommend Stu McLaren. You want to learn how to do quiz funnels, I recommend Ryan Levesque. You want to learn how to start your blog, then I recommend Jonathan Milligan. And so it fills in those gaps, that donut, all the little stuff on the peripheral that my audience still needs to know. Just because they learned affiliate marketing doesn't mean there's nothing else they need to know. So my two options are A, say, screw you, I'm not going to serve you, or B, I find ways to serve them through affiliate marketing. So there's all kinds of things like it sets you up for, especially early on in your business. So success in affiliate marketing, does that depend on the mindset of the person? Because like it it could be weeks or months or maybe years, some people trying to make money through affiliate marketing and they are not making, or is it something raised to strategies that they are applying wrong maybe? Or there is something miss, missing that they are not doing right. Is it about, for example, mindset or a strategy that they are doing wrong? It's it's both. It's always both. Um, it's never only strategy. It's never only mindset. I think uh, mindset is important. I mean, I spend a lot of time in my book at the very beginning talking about mindset because it is foundational. But I'll be the first to tell you. And even there, it's like, okay, you can have the best mindset in the world. You know, I'm I'm six two and forty three years old. I can have the best mindset in the world. I am not going to play NFL quarterback, all right? I am not going to be playing in the Premier League or I'm not even going to be playing. (laughs) I'm not even getting into that. Like, I'm not even going to be playing in in like, you know, the Ecuadorian national, like whatever the Ecuadorian football league is. Like, I'm not going to be playing in that, right? I'm not going to be playing in the NBA. I'm not going to be playing any of that stuff, right? I I can have the best mindset in the world. It's just not going to happen because I don't have the skills and I haven't trained, all right? So just to be clear, mindset is super important. Now that said, if go back in time when I actually, you know, did was more athletic and played sports and a lot younger. Yeah, if I I had the wrong mindset, I'm going to fail. And And that's something I say in the book, the right mindset does not guarantee success. The wrong mindset does guarantee failure. All right, that is something that's, that guarantees. That's the that's a great. Actually, so, yeah. 
So there's a, there's this there's this mi- middle point though, saying where mindset and strategy connect, and, and and this is what I mean. Let's say you've got 200 people on your list, uh, and, and I'll tell you right now, if if you if you read the book and just go through step three and four, you'll finish step three and four with 500 600 people on your list. All right. So, but let's just go with 200 people. Now, the mindset side says, "Well, I only have 200 people. I can't make any money." That's not correct. Now, if you go if your mindset, oh, I've got 200 people. I can make a million dollars a month. Also not correct. See, that's where positive thinking doesn't quite take Drags you a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, you, you're a little delusional, you see. Yeah. But if I think that I can't make any money with 200 people, then I've, I've put my ceiling at zero. You're right. You're not going to make any. And zero doesn't scale. So what happens when you have a thousand? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to make $5,000 a month when I have a thousand. Why can't you make a thousand right now with 200? You know, it's a, it's a math equation. And I know plenty of people who have 800 subscribers and they make $2,300 a month, you know? And then when they got to 1,500, they made 3,500. When they got to about 3,000 people on their list, 4,000 people, they went full-time. They were making $5,000 a month, which is enough to go full-time, at least here in the United States, for most people. If you look at the average income of an American citizen, it's roughly $56,000 last time I checked. So $5,000 a month, you can go full-time. But the strategy side says, okay, you've only got 200 people. Here are the strategies that you have to use. And we could talk about those like that you need to use to monetize a small list. But yeah, yeah it starts do. with mindset. It absolutely yeah. starts with mindset because if you don't, you know, this is one of the things I talk about in the book, like it doesn't take a special person to succeed in affiliate marketing. Anyone can do it. Like, trust me, if I am proof of that, if I can succeed, then anyone can succeed. Yeah. You've got so, to have that belief though to start so, with. So that like in affiliate marketing, you have to promote product with their services or physical products that you mm-hmm. believe in, or is it something that you uh, think that it could be bring me more commission? Do you think that's related sometimes? Well, I mean, it always starts number one. Uh, the very first thing is, does it serve my audience? Does this product, does this service serve my audience? Is it something that they even need? And if the answer is no, then don't like you're done. Stop there. Your audience doesn't need it. Don't promote it. Now, if you go, yeah, my audience needs it. Then you go, okay, if this were relevant to my mom, to my sister, to my loved ones, would I, would I sell them on this? Like I would like, if, if you go to a great restaurant, you know, I talk about this in the book. If you go to a great restaurant, Hussein, and you're like, oh my gosh, that was, that was amazing. Don't you tell people that you know and love? You tell them about it, right? Now, if you know that your best friend hates Mexican, do you tell him about the Mexican restaurant that you went to last night, even if it was the best Mexican food you ever had? No, of course you don't. He doesn't like Mexican food. He doesn't like Asian food. He's not into sweet treats. So you don't tell him about the ice cream shop. You know, you you don't tell him, but you know that your cousin loves Mexican. So you go to a Mexican restaurant and it was amazing. And you go, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Same kind of thing here. If you believe in it, you believe in the product. You got results. Like I tell people, oh, you're looking for products to promote. Look around. Look at your desktop, both physical and digital. Like right now on my desktop, I have my planner that we we sell. We recommend it on my site as an affiliate. I've got this microphone. We recommend this. I've got the lighting kit that I'm using. And we recommend that. Then I go to my digital desktop. What are the websites I'm logging into all the time? What do we use for social media? What do we use for building our funnels? What do we use for what's, you know, we own a website, we own a website company. So what do we use for, you know, for obviously we recommend my own there, but before I owned it, before I bought it, I recommended them, you know, 
What are the digital tools you use? If you're in the gardening niche, go out to your gardening shed, go out to your garage. What are the tools you're using? You know, what are the seeds you're using? What are the the gloves you wear and the other stuff that you use that makes a difference in, in your gardening? If you're in the fitness niche, if, if you have a home gym and you talk about, you know, working out, then go look Okay, your elliptical machine. You're I'm looking at my home gym is on the other side of my office here. You know, what's the what pull up bar do you use? And what bench do you use? And what weight set do you recommend? Like you believe in those things because you own them, right? So you just recommend mm-hmm. those types of things. That become, that's the easiest way to start, to get mm-hmm. started. So, so I want to get a little bit technical. So people, in order for people to get into someone's list, right, they should have a landing page. Mm-hmm. And after that, an offer. So people, a lot of them, I, I used to be one of them, but now I'm not really that much because I know how to do that a bit. Not, not a master, but a bit. <laughs> so a lot of people concerned are about traffic, right? So we know there is a lot of traffic sources. Like there is no shortage of traffic. You can get traffic for free, whether it's Google, if you build some SEO momentum, or you can mm-hmm. get traffic by ads, right? Google ads, Facebook ads, whatever. So uh, what would you use or the best things that get traffic to your offer? Should you go look into the people you are mentioned, the perfect audience, and engage with them there? For example, if they are in Quora.com, engage with them there and and uh, provide them with, with your services and offers there. This is could be a great way to get traffic that are actually yeah. qualified. Yeah, I mean, number one, um, I mean, affiliates. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep going back to that because, I mean, if you think about all the reasons why, Affiliates are great. I mean, again, you don't pay anything on the front end. You know, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I wasn't, I was not personally, I did not go into business in a situation where I had a lot of money. All right. I went into, you know, $2,000 was a substantial amount of money for me when I got into business. So I, if I went and spent, and this happened, that business I mentioned before, where we couldn't make payroll, part of it was we wasted a lot of money on advertising that did convert. Every other form of advertising out there, practically, you have to pay on the front end. Oh, you want to run some Facebook ads? I don't care how profitable they are. Most of the time, whether it be Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, whatever, you are going to lose money for a period of time. I'm not against Facebook ads. We run Facebook ads. We spend about 100000 200000 a year. Not a ton of money, but enough money to make it noticeable, Right on Facebook ads. I'm not against Google ads. We'll spend about a quarter of a million this year on Google ads. Again, not an astronomical amount, but it's on the budget. Uh, We spend some money, not much on LinkedIn ads, and we do a few other things. Here's the deal. Our Facebook ads were unprofitable for about eight months. We did not run Facebook ads until we could afford to lose $10,000, $15,000. You have to be willing to lose money on the front end before you're profitable. So most of us can't do that. I could not have run Facebook ads early on. A lot of people jump into online business like, I got to go run Facebook ads. They spend 50 bucks and then they quit. Well, uh, yeah. because you know, Yeah, this is true. This is true. Like they, they think this 100 bucks or 50 bucks is going to tend them. <laughs> Them uh, most people there there are unicorns out there where they've spent yeah, yeah, no, they no. spent $500 and they made 800 and they've been mm-hmm. profitable from day one 95% of the people i know lose money will they be profitable yes please do not misunderstand me but when you're starting out you don't have a ton of money if you're independently wealthy you're listening to this you got a million dollars in the bank i don't care go start with facebook ads google ads it doesn't matter most of us we start with affiliates and we start with people we know the very simple reason is we don't have to pay anything on the front end. The other reason is I, I just posted this to, um, let me see if I can find it. I just posted it to Facebook. 
there was th- this, this, uh, the gist of this is, so I'll tell you real quick. There is no other form of advertising warmer than affiliate traffic, because here's the thing. When I go run a Facebook ad, here's what my Facebook ad says. I'm amazing. Go buy my product. Okay. That's essentially what it says. Look at me. I'm saying nice things about myself. How cool am I? Right. Okay. Affiliates are other people saying nice things about you. So let me read this. I saw this on a, this was a comment on a blog. Uh, I, I won't say whose blog it is because it sort of criticizes them, but th- this is just listen. All right. Na- lady's name is Hertha two days ago from when we we're recording this. I run a law firm. So this is after a launch. All right. This person has just run their launch, multi-million dollar launch, uh, f- client of ours. And um, yeah, great launch expert, you know, all that stuff, right? I run a law firm and time is money to me. Your free presentations were too wordy and non-substantive for me. Also, your enthusiasm and presentation almost seemed inauthentic to me. I almost didn't join for these two reasons. Okay. This person has just said, listen, your stuff is too wordy and non-substantive. In other words, you beat around the bush and you waste a bunch of time. I hated your content. Your enthusiasm seemed fake. However, I respect and trust Hay House. This was the affiliate. Mm. So their email pushed me into the yes column because I just finished writing a book, blah, 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 blah. Now that I have joined and perused my dashboard and read some of the transcripts, I am very grateful for your program. Okay, so let me just recap that, right? (laughs) Too wordy, non-substantive, inauthentic. I don't trust you, but I bought anyway. Why'd they buy? One word, the affiliate. affiliate. The affiliate. Two words, actually. The affiliate. The affiliate email convinced him that third. There is nothing this guy could have done to convince Hertha to have bought. It was one hundred percent the affiliate. No, you could run the best ad. You could retarget. You could run SEO. You could send the best email. None of that stuff worked. It was one email from one affiliate that made her go, "Boom! I'm going to buy." That's why I recommend starting there. So basically. Affiliate marketing is the relationship, right, between the, yep. the affiliate and his audience. This is this is the yeah. best combination that there is because basically whether you communicate to them via email or even with posts via social media, they will recognize that you are with them and they you want their benefit. It's not like yep. you mentioned that you, it's not just about the sale itself. It's like you are, like you mentioned earlier, it's about the service that you are providing to them and making their lives easier in somehow, some way. Exactly. And they have the relationship with the affiliate already. Maybe it's for three months. Maybe it's for six months. Maybe it's for five years. And then they're sending them over to me. That that authority, that trust, that relationship is past. No advertising automatically passes that trust or that relationship. I'm not saying don't do ads. I just want to be clear. I'm not saying that's not in your future. But again, you asked me the question, like, how do we get started? You know, what's the best place to start? And it's go out and get a few affiliates. You don't need a hundred affiliates. You don't need a thousand affiliates. Go get five or 10 who can start to bring in some good leads, mm-hmm. leads that can convert. I, I, did a, I did a webinar the other day, tiny, tiny. I think we had 17 people on. All right. And I, I remember looking at like going, why am I even bothering to do this? Made six sales. Person had a very small community. We did six sales. We've done almost 10,000 in sales from that tiny webinar. My friend, Alan Thomas, he's a weight loss coach. He said, Matt, I did a webinar the other day with five people on it. His offer is $12,000. Said I had five people on this webinar. I set up calls with three of them and closed two. Now you go, okay, he did a 45 minute webinar, maybe an hour. 
and he made $24,000. Was that worth it? I think so. He didn't pay anything on the front end. That was the, like to get to that. No, he said to get to that number of sales, typically he's got to get about a hundred registrants for his, his typical webinar costing him about 50 bucks a pop. It would cost him $5,000 on the front end to get to those two sales. Instead, he still paid, let me do the math. He still paid $3,000. So he paid $6,000, he paid $1,000 more, but he paid it on the back end. You know, that's me because he, you know, he's in a position when he first started this business, he was, he didn't have, he didn't have the money. He was like, I spent like a thousand bucks on Facebook ads and got no clients, you know, just was completely wasted. So, so now if someone's, if someone has a product and they yep. want to recruit these affiliates, how they should find these affiliates. I don't want to say maybe the A-lister affiliates, let's say these kind of no, people. Don't start there. So how did they find these affiliates? So you and I were talking before we went live. You mentioned you just downloaded this. I'm just going to go get this. Go to mattmcwilliams.com forward slash first 100. F-I-R-S-T-1-0-0. Download the report, your first 100 affiliates. But the gist of that is what we're going to do is we're going to look. So there's 15 ways in there and it'll walk you through each of those. There's some templates in there and stuff like that. But one of the ways is go look who's promoting your competitors. So for instance, we're doing this right now with my book. You know, I've got a book launch coming up. What we did, we we went down what we call the Amazon rabbit trail. So we went, when my book, when Penguin Random House put my book up on Amazon, we said, okay, who does, who does Amazon say, here's a similar book. You know, people who bought this also bought. As we start to get pre-orders, now it gets more refined because we've had, you know, close to, I don't know, five, 600 pre-orders a couple months out. And so now it knows like, oh, people who pre-ordered your book also bought these other books. Mm -hmm. So we then go and follow that rabbit trail. We click on that book. We go look and see who bought or who promoted that book. When that book came out in 2018, who promoted it? Who did, what, what podcasts was that, um, you know, was that author on? What, what, you know, who did Facebook lives? Who was blogging about it? Right. So we look up these books. Who promoted that book? We reach out to those people and we say, hey, you had so-and-so on your podcast a couple of years ago promoting his book, such and such. I've got this book. It's similar in this way, but it's different in this way. Could we do an interview? And we've scheduled literally like a hundred plus interviews doing that. We've got, we reach out to people who promoted them as well. You know, so maybe they didn't do a podcast interview, but like, hey, you promoted this book. You did a book review. Would you do a book review of mine? Boom. That person sells 50 books you know, and so on and so forth. So you can do that with products as well. You just think, okay, what are the, you know, you don't have the, you don't have Amazon telling you necessarily, but you think, okay, I've got a course about productivity. What are some other productivity courses? Well, however, could I find that? Well, odds are you probably have bought two already, you know, so go look and see who promoted those, but you could Google it, productivity courses and see what comes up. And then you go find the affiliates who promoted those productivity courses. And then you reach out to them. We got templates in, in that report and stuff. I mean, that's the gist of it. That's the number one way. If you know literally no one, you don't know a single person on earth who could pop. Most of us know a few people who we, we got a list right now. Like right real quick, if you're listening, press pause, write down three names, like five names, whatever. Just brainstorm for two, two, two and a half minutes. Who do I know? Oh, that guy, that guy, that guy. Boom. You got five, six, seven names, right? 
we had a guy I did, I asked that on a, uh, I did a speaking event the other day and I asked people, yeah, he's like, I wrote down 22 people. It was like two and a half, three minutes. I'm like, dude, that is 22 more people than I had when I started That's my right. first affiliate program. Cause when I first, first started my affiliate program, I was in a niche insurance. I didn't know a single soul on earth. Mm-hmm. So I had to do exactly what I, I just talked about. I looked up our competitors, affiliates. I found them. I reached out to them. I gave them a reason to come over to me and it wasn't more money. You think well, I can't pay more money than my competitors. Our competitor at that time was $120 million a year company owned by a uh, had just been bought by a publicly traded company. All right. We yeah. were doing uh, roughly a thousand dollars a week <laughs> and we're about to go bankrupt. And we were owned by three dudes who none of us were worth more than about $10,000 each. All right. So how do we compete with them? I didn't compete with them on commissions. I said, Hey, we'll match their commissions, but here's the deal. Here's my personal cell phone number. And when I reach out to you, I'm going to know your name. I'm going to treat you like a person, not just a number. Mm. I used the fact that that company had just been bought by a publicly traded company, which would seem like the biggest advantage they could have in the world. No, not, not really, no. Not I used it against them. I yeah, said, exactly. here's my personal number. I said, and if you ever, if you want to come, like, come to, if you want to come to Nashville, we'll take you out to dinner. We'll hang out. I'm going to get you, I, I would, ta- I was the only affiliate manager. This is 2000, you know, Four, uh, 2005, six, seven. I was the only affiliate manager texting my affiliates at 8.30 at night with a joke. I was the only affiliate really? manager. Okay, good. Yeah, when they would call me or they would when they would email me and have a question, I'd pick up the phone and call them. The other affiliate managers responded back and, and it was, thank you sincerely, the affiliate team at such and such. No, it was Matt. My email address at that time, well, it it, it won't go anywhere, so it doesn't matter. It was Matt at hometownquotes.com, right? You had my pers- personal email. You had my personal phone number. You know, I would I would respond to your messages. I'd get on the phone with you. That's how we stood out with the competition mm-hmm. and we're able to get those affiliates. Exactly. Like we speak earlier, it's about the relationship that you build with with people, with your yep. list, with your listeners, with, with cool. anyone that you, you do business with. Because eventually, like you yeah. mentioned, when it's about big corporations, it's 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 just they talk about the entity and it's not personal anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not just uh, this big face of uh, logo and that's it there is no you didn't feel the connection between the person who's helping you and uh, and yourself it's not there is no no connection at all it's just an email the slap of an email or slap of whatever it is and like it's it's dead the human connection is not there and yeah people do business do business with people this is this is how his business is done right so eventually yeah, I mean, jeffrey jeffrey gittimer says all things being equal people want to do business with their friends, all things not being equal, people still want to do business with their friends. And, and that's what we did. I mean, I was like, we, I could not pay them more. It was actually a struggle for us to match their commissions. Yeah. Um, so, and then about a year later, they raised their commissions to a level where we could not match them. Only a couple people left us. Mm. By that point, we were doing over a million dollars a month. Uh, the people who left us were relatively small. Most people stayed with us and it didn't, between, you know, because we were already growing, uh, I think we we went down for like one month and then we're right back up where we were. You know, it barely affected us when they raised their commissions because that's not why they came to us. So why would they leave us for the same reason? Now, if we had come in and like the other company already was paying $15 and we paid 10, it eh, probably wouldn't have gotten anybody. 
<laughs> you know, we would have had to have been willing to compete, but yeah, initially I think they were paying 12 and we came in and paid 12 and we were making barely 12. You know, we were making most, most leads were making like 1250 to $13. So it was a struggle, but again, the cool thing was, and I don't recommend this I, and I would never do this again, but because we paid, you know, 30 days later, we got to float that money for a period of time. And that's how we paid payroll the following week. So again, I'm not endorsing that just to be clear, but that is what we did back in, in 2005. And in May, uh, June of 2005, we, we floated that money and we're right back where we were, you know, started about a week later, but fast forward a couple of months later, and now we were starting to bring in enough that we were able to clear, you know, and not have to. So you, you wrote a book, like I think four years ago, it's called Internet Business Insights, right? And now you are releasing Turn Your Passions into Profits. So yeah. how did you come up with the ideas in your, especially in your recent book? And what is it about exactly and who it can help? Yeah. So turn your, I mean, turn your passions into profit has been something I've been, uh, gosh, I mean, it's been, it's been kind of on my heart for about eight years. I finally, uh, Finally, you know, yeah, I finally got it out there. Uh, so we got, uh, I got my dream publisher. If you look at my bookshelf, like a third of the books up there by Ben Bella, uh, my dream publisher guys like Gino Wickman and, uh, you know, David Finkel, like some other authors that I love were all published by them. We got it. We're getting it distributed by Penguin Random House, the biggest publisher in the entire world. Um, and, and really the, the, the whole message of the book, the entire premise of the book hinges on one belief and that's that the world needs your message. All right. We all have a message. The world needs that message, but it's not going to wait passively for it. It's not going to wait patiently for it. Uh, The world needs your message, but it's going to move on without it. Mm. And so there are potentially, you know, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people out there right now. They are desperately waiting for you to share your message with them. And so the book takes you from, okay, I have an idea. I think I have a message. I think I have a passion. You know, how do I clarify that? How do I, how do I clarify who I help? That's step one. How do I how do I get clear on who I'm helping? We talk about developing that ideal customer avatar and getting clear on that that passion and the you know the purpose of your of your business, right? Uh, then we talk about leadership. You know, the misconceptions around leadership. I mean, it's probably my favorite chapter in the whole book because, you know, it just talks about these like the idea of you know, yeah, leadership isn't easy but we don't have to be two miles ahead of our audience to be a leader. We just have to be one step ahead. Mm-hmm. Then we go from there about capturing attention, you know, not getting attention, not, um, you know, not like, you know, waiting for attention, but we're going to capture, we're going to grab the attention. So I share, how do you stand out in a crowded marketplace? What are some of the attention triggers to grab people's attention uh, from there, I talk about, you know, converting them into uh, subscribers, you know, with a, with a lead magnet. Uh, this actually, I say chapter two is probably my favorite. This is my favorite chapter because I get to talk about my dad, uh, who, in my opinion, had one of the best lead magnets of all time, even though he never got on the internet a day in his life. Uh, and I tell you that, like, how do we create that lead magnet? How do we convert them into subscribers? How do we name the lead magnet? Then how do we create a community and cultivate that community? How do we become a champion for the cause of our subscribers? How do we create raving fans? How do we condition our audience like we touched on earlier? 
Then the one that I'm known for the most, commit to monetize. So how do we actually start affiliate marketing? What are some of the myths and lies about affiliate marketing? How do we, you know, how do we actually get started? How do we get accepted into affiliate programs? How do we scale? Why do people buy? How do we do copywriting? Things like that. What if what if we not what if we're like really adverse to selling? And then lastly, it talks at the end about creating consistent content. So this is if you think about all the things we've done to this point, we've built the automobile. We've put gasoline in it. How do we keep the gasoline going? How do we keep the automobile going? Keep the fire going so the people keep coming to us? Because once we have that initial audience, we have to keep serving them. And if we keep serving them, they're going to refer other people. And you look at it and it's like, well, you know, affiliates are, are you know, they're the firewood, right? And then they're the fuel. Well, you got to keep putting firewood on and that's your content. So we walk you through all the steps in the book. Ultimately, again, how do we take our passion, our message, the reason why we're here on earth? And ultimately turn it into a profitable business so that it's one that we can keep building long-term. Because if you're not making any money, you're not going to keep doing it. Exactly. <laughs> you need to, to get money to grow. And if you are not growing, you are not growing. You're growing, you're dying. Yeah. <laughs> you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you are the affiliate guy. You are passionate about marketing, affiliate marketing. But can you tell us something that you are not passionate about? Something personal, for example, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, per, I am passionate about it though. Um, I, I, soccer, <laughs> it's, uh, it's new for me. I've only been around the game for about seven years. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know if you're a, a soccer fan, but or football, yeah. depending upon where you're at in the world. Uh, but yeah, my daughter started playing seven years ago. Uh, now our sons, you know, so our daughters in travel, our, our sons, you know, seven. So he's growing up in the game. And it's just something I have become, uh, you see on my hoodie, you know, Fort Wayne Sport Club, right? Uh, like, it's just something I've become super passionate about, uh, watching it, studying it, uh, coaching it. Um, I don't play as much as I wish I could just because I don't have the time. But it's, uh, that's, that's, you know, like, just, I love it. And I love, I love that um, our kids are into something, you know, because me, I grew up playing uh, basketball and then I started, then I played golf. Um, so I had something that just like, I think I think people should have obsessions, healthy obsessions. You know, yeah. so and it doesn't. It could be art. It could be music. It doesn't have to be a sport. For me, it was. I was always passionate about sports. Uh, I would if if my, you know, my daughter is also really passionate about art. And if she said, "Daddy, I don't want to play soccer anymore. I really want to focus on art." Cool. You know, that would be awesome. I then I would be a big fan of art. Yeah, your, your book title is turn your passion into profit. So that would yep. be like in that way you have to yeah. Well, you know what? Passion for profits. She's I mean, she's already thinking like that. You know, she's thinking of things like that, and she's thinking of ways she's building her first couple of websites right now, actually. Really? Uh, okay. she yeah, she's experimenting. She came up with a uh, a really cool thing. She's also very passionate about animals, and she came up with a thing called Leap Dog. That you'll probably hear about over the next couple of years. So it'll be a physical product that she's creating. Cool. Um, and she's like, she's tweaking the logo and filling around with the design, you know, doing the thing that we all do when we start a business, right? We spend, we spend an irrational amount of time trying to tweak the thing to look like we want it. And, you know, she's, she's 11, so she's not hiring a designer, you know, and um, so I'll help her with a few things, but like, I think it's important <laughs> at that early stage of entrepreneurship to actually want to beat your head against the table sometimes because you're like, why doesn't it do what I want it to do? We And that's an important lesson. We've all been there. We look at the people who are successful now and we go, well, they're not spending time on their website. They have a team. Yeah. But when they were first starting, 
five years ago, seven years ago, 10 years ago, exactly. they were in the same boat. They were beating their head going, I hate websites. I'm ready to give up. And there's a quote in the book that I love from John Acuff. It says, never compare your beginning to someone else's middle or end. You know, that's, <laughs> that's like, that's just bad. don't do that. That's, that's bad. Don't yeah. do that. Just bad. You don't compare yourself because you, you started the journey now, for example, and they started the journey, for example, five, 10 years ago. So it's it's not good for your uh, yeah. mental health and for your business businesses. I started my first online business 20 years ago. You know, that's a, that's a long time in online business. Exactly. You know, now fast forward 20 years from now, people who've been in business for online for 20 years, it's nothing. Even five years from now, 20 years is nothing. But most people, some people weren't even born, <laughs> you know, that like, I mean, clearly, like I started 20 years ago. I mean, I was hand coding websites. I look at what people are doing today with like these drag and drop editors. And I'm like, wow, that's easy. You know, do you have any idea? I spent eight hours one day. I remember eight hours trying to figure out how to do a drop down menu on a, on a website. I, I, I eight used to do hours. that. I, on a drop-down menu, people. I, I did the same thing when I used to create my own website when, when I was 18, back that was back in 2005, 2006. Yeah. So it was, you have to use HTML coding. So I, <laughs> I had to learn HTML coding to have What'd a you website. Use? What'd you use? By, I'm curious. Sorry? What'd you use to do like your, your uh, like FTP uploads and stuff? Uh, I think uh, FileZilla. Something, okay. Something yeah. like something. I use Dreamweaver, Dreamweaver back in the day and, and fireworks and all the, and they like, and it was crazy. Like I remember being so excited eight hours oh. just to get a drop down menu. But when it worked, oh man, for about a week, I sat there just on my website, clicking on stuff and watching it drop down. And then like a week later, I was like, I hate my website now. <laughs> they, 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 they did not look uh, good as, as, as <laughs> no man they were so ugly but they work and i mean again we had a, the dumbest website in the world that brought in you know yeah. well over half a million dollars a year in golf instruction and and you know today that website would get laughed at but it worked back then so yeah, yeah. and 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 this program it was like uh, a lot of things to, you 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 would think that if you learn this or this or this it would be easier but at that time it, everything there was a big learning curve to do actually so yeah oh my gosh we had the, they called it the dreamweaver bible it was you know it was like 600 page i printed this i printed this thing all right, 600 pages. I had to go to the store like four times to buy more ink. And I would sit there flipping through like, where? how do I do this? How do I do that? And I, and I taught myself how to do it. You know, it's uh, actually, actually there, Also, there was a program called Front Page by Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, never that, used that it. One, but... That I used it. Yeah, that one has used it. it was yeah. it was good actually? It was good. It wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. So. Uh, Matt, where can people get in touch with you, learn more about you, get their bo your book to learn more about how to turn their passions into more profits? Yeah, just go to passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash success. So passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash success. Uh, I know Hussein will put that in the, in the show notes for you guys who are watching later or listening later, but just go there. We got tons of special bonuses and, uh, and, and extra goodies, uh, when you order the book there, uh, of course you can order any major retailer, you know, Walmart, Target, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, you name it. But if you go to passions into profits, book.com forward slash success, 
uh, we got a bunch of extra stuff there for you. Awesome, Matt. Well, thank you for being here today with me on this episode of the Success Secret Podcast. Really insightful and awesome, amazing tips you shared with us here today. Hopefully someone will have this message inside them and would like to share it with the world because eventually we are humans. We have connections with other people. So that will tear into a thriving business. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Hussein. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.